0: Ethel's Travel Tales, accounts from an addicted travel photographer. Italy, Florence, Bologna, and Ravenna, September 1987. Day one, Florence, 6th of September. <sighs> I'm wiped out. After a frantic sleep and getting up at four in the morning, I eventually arrived in Florence via taxi, train, bus, plane, train, taxi, I decided not to go to Pisa first as we arrived at 1230 and the poor light would force me to wait a few hours before I could even begin to shoot, so I plowed on to Florence. I think I'm going to have to be quite strict with shooting times. I started at around 3.30 and went on till sunset, until 7.30. I figure in the mornings I might have from about 7.30 to 8.00 till about 10.30, assuming the day is perfect, of course. I was lulled into a false sense of security, as today was perfect. In passing, I could see that Pisa was a bit hazy, reason number two for not sticking around, but the surrounding mountains were visible. The closer we got to Florence, the clearer it got. It was stunning. I forced myself to relax, waited for about half an hour, and then began the attack. Florence's street are edged with high buildings, so that although one sees on the map that it's only two to three blocks from a major building, it isn't till you enter the appropriate square that you actually see it. Suddenly, the Duomo, in unreal color and clarity. A little bit of scaffolding on the edge, but nothing really to spoil the picture. I shot and shot. The baptistry, the campanile, solo Duomo, with people, without people. Then I climbed up to the top of the Campanile. At first, I thought my muscles were going to seize up in protest, but by the top level, I was back on form. Absolutely magnificent, mountains all around. You could pick out virtually every villa in perfect definition. For example, on an isolated hilltop, there was one family residence, big enough to be spotted from a distance. I couldn't stop shooting. When I finally convinced myself that I had done enough, I went on to the Piazza della Signoria and the Neptune Fountain and the Palazzo Vecchio. The last of these is extremely impressive. The buildings, the light, and the clarity combined to make the distant line of the building look like a knife edge. It was better than postcard weather. A German couple I met said yesterday was awful, but that there was a storm last night that cleared it. The Piazzale, however, has construction in the middle of it as they are excavating a Roman ruin in the center. It's quite exciting, but it does limit the picture a bit. I continue to the Uffizi Gallery, but it's shut today and tomorrow. It seems to be having its bicentennial clean, and it's nearly completely covered with green nets. The word is that you can't photo inside anyway, so my Uffizi coverage will probably be non-existent. The Ponte Vecchio, in view from the Piazzale Michelangelo, will have to wait till tomorrow. Fingers crossed, weather, as they are morning shots. I continued through the Pitti Palazzo to the Boboli Garden. Again, both are morning shots. The view from Boboli, or rather, Forte di Belvia, Belvedere, was terrific, slightly side-lit, which was good, as it de-emphasized the scaffolding and cranes. All the pics I look at in print and postcards show construction on the buildings, so it's probably a fact of life that there will always be something going on. It really could have been a lot worse. The views were wonderful, nearly 360 degrees. As the sun was going down, the mountains seemed to become super three-dimensional, and there was a not-too-gentle cool breeze blowing through the not-too-hot day. After I shot, I just strolled around and admired Florence. It's very nice to see how the city is laid out in front of you. Behind, the Tuscan countryside looks like someone painted it. Vineyards, red roof tiles, cypress groves, a church or tower poking through the hilly green beyond. The Apennine hills, mountains with progressively fewer houses strewn about as they rise up. And in the other direction, silhouettes of trees resting comfortably on the gentle slopes. I finished shooting mostly because I had run out of film. I had no idea I'd go through 34 120 rolls in four hours, I, almost nine rolls an hour, one roll every 7.5 minutes. I strolled back on the Ponte Vecchio with a crystal clear sky on one side and a huge golden, almost full moon rising over the Arno on the other. I forgot how quickly night falls in the south. Fingers crossed, hard. That weather keeps up. I hope I'll be able to do enough of what's left of Florence to go to Siena on Tuesday. Day two, Florence, 7th of September. How very beautiful it still is here. 11 o'clock and I think it's time to stop till this afternoon. I began working at 7.30 in the morning. I had to wait till 8.15 for the Ponte Vecchio to be lit enough. I then went to the Piazza Michelangelo for the view although the view turned out to be at Monte Croce, just south and up from there. When the view was fantastic, the direction of light perfect, the clarity of light magnificent, the subject matter extremely interesting and no one likely to get in the way, how can you stop shooting? A rare and delightful problem. I keep on hearing my boss at the back of my mound shouting that film is the least expensive part of these trips. So I shot and shot and shot till I figured I had all reasonable angles I could. I then went up to Monte Croce and shot and shot again. Although the colors are still beautiful, I can see the high sun bleaching them slightly. The shadows are now shorter. What an excellent excuse to have a large delicious cup of Italian coffee and a piece of yummy chocolate cake. Again, later in another restaurant, I ventured into the exotic by diverting into the non-prezzo-fisso, that is, not the fixed-price menu, and ordering tortellini in fried something. I had no idea what it was, as long as it wasn't calf's brain. That having been the last mistake in not knowing what I ordered when I was in France and didn't know the French word. I should be all right, I hope. It turned out to be Brogo, actually broth just like Jewish kreplach and chicken soup, plus mixed fried courgette, chips, and ch- chicken, delicious. The morning was the highlight for the day, although in the afternoon I visited Santa Crote Church and the Giotto Frescas. Day three, Siena, 8th of September. Almost too much. I did go to Siena and spent the whole day there, more because of the delicious light than of things to do. I liked Siena. It has a totally different atmosphere than Florence, much more medieval, much less enlightened than Florence. High protective walls. It was, in fact, difficult to navigate. Day four, Florence, 9th of September. Ah, day of discovery, although not necessarily of the sights. Michelangelo and David, Bob and Dominique, the crazy English-Swiss couple, Denise and Naomi, the Los Angeles living ex-Santa Cruz students, the aperitivos de la casa, and the local Chianti. Oh, let's just get on with the pictures. Next morning, bleh, I think it will take a little time to get started, but a big jug of Italian coffee I'm sure will help. I'm not hungover or ill, just bleary-eyed and sleepy, and not anticipating too much joy from dragging myself and my gear to and from the station. My Florence Lake is nearly over and I'll be on my way to Bologna next. But in the meantime, as for my last full day in Firenze, I did the museums yesterday. A bit of the Duomo to get to the top in the view of the Campanile, the Accademia della Bella Artes, the statue of David is still wonderful. At the Medici Chapel, the Michelangelo women are still masculine with lumps of marble left on for tits. And finally, the Uffizi. Still fantastic, but too much. They just cleaned Botticelli's Birth of Venus. It's become light and frothy, almost childish and cartoony, but still quite charming. My feet ache like crazy. Day five, Bologna, 10th of September. Is it really only five days? I feel like I've been away for weeks, not days. I've seen so much. Even yesterday, the first of the not great weather days, I overdosed on museums. Today I made it successfully to Bologna with no problems at all and began to wander. When zero hour arrived, I was so exhausted I went back to the hotel and slept soundly for two hours. I then felt almost normal, except for my sore feet and aching calves. Very hazy light. I took a chance on shooting, knowing that the late, soft autumn light can sometimes be quite beautiful. It definitely feels September here, despite the 27 to 28 degrees Celsius temperature. A lovely, almost overripe light, just beginning to get a little too golden for summer. Bologna is a surprise. It's full of character and history. Colonnades, arcades, crowded walkways that are everywhere. In the old town, one can walk for miles under cover, only emerging to cross the street. It's a truly evolved mess. Disorganized architecturally, with streets one way and the colonnades clashing in architectural styles. The best-known landmarks block each other's view of the Duetoy, which must be the central landmarks. One is tall and straight and resembles a Victorian industrial chimney and the other has obviously sunk on one side so that it leans badly. And it's ugly. You can't get far enough away to depict their contrast accurately. The 18th to 20th century Via Rizzoli cuts into the view so a photographer can use only a wide-angle lens to shoot them. And even if it could show the sight accurately, no one would believe it. I suppose Bologna is medieval, windy, windy, circuitous, circuitous, fascinating and difficult to make look good. Florence was easy, of mostly one period, harmonious, relatively straight, forward, sympathetic. Bologna is like a dare. You know you like it, you know it intrigues you, but the gauntlet of the challenge to photo, it has been laid before you. To aggravate you even further, scaffolding is put on some of the most important buildings. Florence right now is relatively clear, but here in Bologna, all of the many high towers from where one could get a terrific view are shut. At least my room has a great view as compared to Florence, where I had a long aspect, AKA aspetto, of a five-story building and a noisy street below. In contrast, the room in Bologna looks out over the red Roman tile type rooftops towards the distant Basilica of San Francesco. I've already photoed the sunset behind it. I hope, I hope for a gorgeous morning when I can do the scene justice. Day 6, Bologna, 11th of September. I'm now sitting in a trattoria waiting for a semi-mystery meal, again. tagliatelle alla Romagnola, Romagnola, as I like it with butter and Parma ham, in commemoration of remembering I'm now in Emilia Romana and Supreme alla Leonida, the restaurant's name. Chicken stuffed with cheese and ham, as it turned out. Not too much to add today. I wandered and wandered, snapping here and there. I climbed to the top of the Duitori, the higher one, about 400 steps. Why do my feet hurt, she asks. But the view was very hazy. I met a Finnish couple who were Italian aficionados who said that's the normal weather for this time of year. Rather than being unlucky in Bologna, I was rather actually lucky in Florence and Siena. Bologna is still the mess. Quite fun, though, the Finns, who were journalists, told me the city is usually ignored as it's medieval, while Italy's glory, it seems, was the Renaissance. Florence was given the build-up, and Bologna wasn't given any attention at all. It isn't of one period, as all styles seem to mix, and it never had a grand sweep like Paris to get decent view of things, as other things block the view. The arcades and porticos are tremendous, Although I didn't climb up the three and a half kilometer covered Renaissance walk to San Luca, as the light was too poor, the temperature too hot, and it was uphill. I did walk for a while under the beginning to San Luca, starting from Porta Saragossa. It was the stuff of nightmares, an endless covered walk with the sun created arch shaped shadows. It looked as if one could never escape. It's like running in a dream and never being able to move. Around every corner, it continued. Even cross streets were built into it. It could have been quite terrifying. Hitchcock could have filmed the psychological sequences there. Anyway, I took a couple of shots with and without people. So hopefully that feeling will be conveyed. The university seems quite alive, although at this time of year, probably full of foreign students. Ooh, just had a nice espresso. I forgot that I said all those years ago when I traveled the first time that my favorite coffee was in Italy. Opinion reinstated. The university is the oldest in Europe, founded in 1088. I was warned next year will be the 900th anniversary. So I did an otherwise trivial shot of what looks like the water tower, but is apparently part of the Baroque Palazzo Universitario. Better than nothing, Hopefully, it will be of some value, at least financially. As I can't think of much else to do, I'm hopefully going to indulge in a trip to Ravenna. I can't bear the idea of all those mosaics being so close without my seeing them, perhaps even a quick visit to the Adriatic. I've been good. I've worked hard. And the childhood mosaic-making loving me would never forgive the adult if I came so close to Ravenna but didn't go there. I've heard that the church mosaics are lit badly, but the camera will come with me in any case. My boss once said that on my photo excursions, 80% of what I shoot will be from the brief, but it's the 20% that he's really interested in. As Ravenna wasn't on my original list, perhaps it will be part of that smaller percentage. Okay, so Florence is a much more beautiful city and a lot easier to photograph. But the atmosphere, the relative lack of tourists, and comparative presence of real people, the cafes, and even my hotel are much nicer in Bologna. Florence is a living museum with people sandwiched in between, while Bologna is the opposite. Siena seemed to be similar in time, and the tourist population a necessary evil to maintain the museums and the sites, perhaps. I'm curious to see what Ravenna will be like. It's famous for mosaics but is there anything else? The Oxford students I ran into on the top of the high Duitori said, no. The Finnish journalists said, yes. Day seven, Ravenna, 12th of September. I went to Ravenna today. It seemed such an easy thing to do. I had pretty well finished with Bologna and the weather was pretty grotty. In fact, probably the weather I hate most of all. Over 30 degrees, very humid, very hazy, no redeeming features at all. Ravenna itself is a pit. It has one decent main square, Piazza del Popoli, and goes on and on, indistinguishable from hundreds of similar places in the world. The appearance of ships right next to the train station is a bit of a surprise. The Candiano Canal seems to be making up for the now silted over and extremely, once, once extremely important Adriatic port. But, and it's a mega but, the mosaics are fantastic. I've only ever seen anything similar in snatches at the British Museum. To see them, 5th, 6th century, religious, historical, pure art in their original and correct setting is extraordinary. I was prepared, I thought, but I really had no idea. Imagine seeing an almost contemporary depiction of Justinian's royal palace in gold, white and wonderfully colored stone on the ceiling of a church, Apollonia Nuova, or the famous classical portrait of Justinian and Theodora, merely two faces on two walls and a ceiling full of beautiful, elaborate, exquisite, sixth-century art, San Vitale. I couldn't stop shooting in San Vitale, but when I finally did, I just watched for a while. I then shot again and again. I stopped to watch and shot again. San Vitale is almost too good. I've never had history so alive, so pure, and so accessible. It was so rich. One spends all that time in museums snatching bits and suddenly here, it all is. One can be an artist and appreciate the craft. One can be a historian and actually see what happened. One can be an art historian and see the evolution of style and methods and technique. Best of all, one can be not much of any one, yet a little bit of three, like me. I've added the mosaics of Ravenna on my list of the best ofs, on par with the Kirov Ballet in Leningrad, showgirls in Las Vegas, steel pan final in Trinidad, pyramids in Egypt, coral reefs in Cozumel, forests in Sequoia. Ah, <sighs> what an experience! Then, the come-down of having to trek through the endless, unremarkable streets to the next vaguely interesting-looking, apparently unfinished red-brick church mosque. Inside, another Byzantine extravaganza. Capella San Andre, an exquisite glimpse of the private chapel with equally exclusive mosaics hidden upstairs in a museum, next to a typical Baroque Italian cathedral. No way could I have found them without the guidebook that I fortunately purchased as soon as I realized I had no idea what was where or even what existed. Bored with the town, then a cup of coffee, then when I enter the next church, wow, the sequence repeated. Bored, then incredible. What's next? Gee, it's hot. How far is this place anyway? I've never seen anything like this, and so on. No wonder I'm so exhausted. What with the emotional ups and downs. I'm also tired because of the way I shot. Lugging the tripod would have been unthinkable and probably not have done me too much good. So I did the old heavy pressing against the nearest fixed barrier to get a stable, long exposure. Corners, altars, pews, columns, anything that stayed firm I was usually fortunate in enlisting the aid of someone to keep the 200 lira pieces into the three-minute illumination machine. On one occasion, a small team of history students were shooting away, and one briefly lent me his tripod, which he somehow managed to sneak in. So at least one one picture should be sharp. But boy, do my legs and arms ache. All in all, an unusual recommendation for me. Unless special time was required, I think Ravenna is best seen in a group tour, bussing between churches. It saves a lot of heat and a lot of energy, but I can imagine it would be worth it. Day eight, Bologna. Last day, 13th of September. I feel weary. I had a mixed night, sleeping solidly, waking, sleep, wake. I heard the bells chime at four in the morning and I'm leaving this evening. As I pretty well finished what I planned to do and the weather's not clear enough to warrant the trip to San Luca, especially as I don't like to visit churches on Sunday, it's a day off. I'd be a lot happier with the prospect if my legs didn't ache so much and the shops were open. Well, at least it's Bologna, which is great fun to wander through rather than Ravenna. I am packing the camera and not taking it along today. If I'm having a day off, I'm doing it without an extra 10 kilos on my back. I definitely feel a lot better after breakfast. Onward! Taking it easy and slow today. My legs ache, but not too badly, especially if I walk slowly or sit down. My usual Sunday trick is to go to the largest or most public park. In Bologna, it seems to be the Giardini Margherita. It's alive and bustling, full of parents with their little children on bicycles, chasing pigeons, petting the ponies, dropping their ice creams, Very typical, but typically nice. Atmosphere. Pondside cafe, partly covered by a plastic roof and partly by trees. A very gentle, warmish breeze, about the same temperature as the easy air. I'm trying to catch the attention of the waiter to order coffee, and I'm sitting right next to that lake. The trees above me are lazily swaying. It's into zero hour, and the day is hazy anyway. It's not a strikingly beautiful place, but it is very lovely. The air is like being able to half-sleep for just another half-hour. It's delicious and enveloping and conducive to doing very little but relaxing. If I do get bored, I can watch the bright orange goldfish, carp, koi, in the mucky water next to me. If I want some real excitement, I suppose, I could throw them a bit of my brioche. It's that sort of day. Ah, what wonderful coffee. I'm going to miss this. Someone else threw some bread in. There are a lot of fish in there and a couple of ducks as well as the turtle for good measure. Why do they all like this bread? There was one dark potential Nessie in there who occasionally swoops up and disappears again with a huge lump of food. It doesn't nibble like the others. It stalks, attacks, and submerges. A mini shark, perhaps? I'm a lazy sod. I walked all the way from the gardens to the center of town where I'm having lunch. A pepperoni tart, whatever that is. I just found out that pepperoni does not mean the same thing in Italian as it does in English. It's green pepper rather than sausage. Also, it seems I can use the exact same words to order cafe in two places and get two very different things. Why do some people look at me blankly and then give me a small, extremely strong espresso? Maybe to them, grande means extra strong, while other people give me exactly what I want an espresso with a little bit of water in a bigger cup. Not so strong, but just as nice. So, a good way to end a trip to Italy via a decent cup of coffee. The rest of the hazy summer-like but really autumn day passed, and it was time for my evening flight to London. Back home again. (laughs) ¶¶